It's a bitch hunt. 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 That's much sexier. I'm oh, doing, yeah. I'm doing my sexy voice. Because this is like... <laughs> you know what we're doing this this episode on Pitch Hunt. Wow. We're doing Pixar movies, baby. Yeah, baby. You know, before you got on the line, Will, Jacob and I were talking about auditioning for... Uh, erotica audio streaming service and that is a true statement that I is what we were talking about so it's like a, I need a, not like a sex anymore. line except online and well, an online short streamed sex line it's audiobooks of short erotic stories uh, read in a sexy manner i'm assuming just like that just like what you were doing yeah but with a story Good night moon no not like that <laughs> Please don't pervert that childhood memory. <laughs> yeah, so last time, if you tuned in, we told you we might do Fifty Shades, we might do Pixar. I think we should do a full 180 from what's happening right now and go the Pixar route. Yeah, well, that that is, yeah, true. It is what Will was saying, but he was saying it in a deceptively sexy voice. Yeah. Which I think I was, was it was manipulating meant to, the audience. Right. A bit. It was meant he was trying to pull a Kansas City shuffle on everybody. Um, which would work if, as we've discussed before, the title of the episode wasn't immediately available. So yeah. I don't think anybody would be fooled. I think they might just think that you're a bit of a perv. Well, I've gotten our whole audience bothered now, and now they're gonna have to listen to a bunch of Pixar pick pit pitches. Whilst bothered, they're they're going to get to listen to a bunch of Pixar pitches. Hopefully, that's true. Yeah, All it's right, a everybody, privilege. everybody who's listening out there, go take a cold shower, splash some cold water on your face. Yeah. Forget what Will just did to you because he did it to us as well. Um, Send us a tweet of the least sexy image you can find on the internet. Don't don't do that. I feel like that's a <laughs> bad idea. There are some very unsexy images out there. It yeah. Don't it, send us. It really, yeah. We'll we'll just forego that conversation. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. It's semi related to something, another thing that Luke and I were talking about before you got on. Will a, a video <laughs> that I saw. Anyway, um, <laughs> you should probably explain it now. Yeah, it's listeners, this now, is the Jacob. kind of thing Jacob spends his free time watching. Keep in well, mind, this is what the not, real Jacob on. does. It's not my fault that I was doing it. Uh, I went to get some coffee, came back. Uh, Luke had also gone uh, offline for a moment, and I was left for a few minute, a few seconds of free time, which is always problematic. Um, and I just happened to stumble upon a video of uh, a baby projectile pooping on its mother, <laughs> which Luke didn't uh. want to see. It was it was funny. It made me laugh because it was unexpected and funny. Baby That's poop all. is really baby poop is cute because they don't they have a, a very homogenous diet at that age, so you know, it's not like nasty like adult poop. Well, this is some pretty nasty poop. It was yellow. <laughs> well Yeah. It, that just sounds cute to me. You know, it's <laughs> like a it's like a nice buttercup color rather than 
rather than the, your normal brown. Than your normal brown or yeah. a post-freezy green, perhaps. Or a post-freezy green. Right. Or a post-beats. We, uh, all the feedback we red. get is people wishing we talked about poop more. That's fair. So you're ha- are, are, you, are you happy now, you sickos? I'll take that. Silence. Yeah, but I just <laughs> got about we got about fifty tweets simultaneously since this is a live streamed episode. Yeah, all of them saying yes, we're happy. Nice. Right. So, so are they saying more poop or the amount of poop is appropriate and should not be tampered with? Got sixty more tweets. It's the appropriate amount. Okay. All right, we will stop. No, we won't stop. We just won't. We'll con- yeah, we'll continue at our current level of yeah talking about. Yeah, we'll kind of lodge some some corn kernels, uh, in into the episode where we talk about poop. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that can work in more than one way. Yeah, kernels of poop. Anyway, um, <laughs> shall we move on? This is a great Please. episode, guys. This Please, is a great episode on. so far. Uh, I definitely don't think that trying to do a lot more episodes is going to diminish the quality of the episodes themselves at all. No, I think, I think they're is, just going to get a lot weirder, but they're going to maintain their very high quality. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. Listeners, let us know. We love to hear from you. It it happens pretty rarely that we do. <laughs> but we I mean, we just got you. a collective 110 tweets. Yeah. Right? And what did they say? that's low for us. Oh, the, uh, the, you're talking about the, the aforementioned 110 tweets, not 110 more. Yeah, yeah. They come in spurts. <laughs> <laughs> I come in squirts. Uh, all right, I think we should start pitching. <laughs> like we, we've exhausted that well. Yeah. Um, I think so. It's... As as has been very very clear in every second of this episode, today's theme is Pixar. Right. And I'm going first today. Yeah. Luke's going first. I'm going number two. And I'm going. <laughs> I'm going number two after Jacob, if you know what I mean. I love All of these. our followers tweeted at us that they don't know what you mean. <laughs> let's leave it that way. All right, let's. Why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you lean right into it? Start us off. Yeah, so speaking of number two, <coughs> my story follows twins. Ah. It's a brother and a sister pair. So named... not, not of the Minnesota variety? No. They're named Jordan and Jada, okay. and uh, they live in a coastal giant city that's a lot like any American city, but it's nonspecific. Okay. You just know it's on the coast, and uh, Jordan and Jada live in a neighborhood that's kind of on the outskirts, um, almost like a peninsula, and they live with their grandpa, since it's a Pixar movie, the parents have to be out of the picture. Of course. Do they? Is that a Pixar thing? Yeah, mostly. It's more of a Disney thing, but yeah, Disney Pixar. Are you sure you're not thinking of superheroes? Because I can think of many Pixar movies where there are parents in the picture. Yeah, but usually it's just like one parent at most. Sometimes there are two. I'm just, I'm going to agree to disagree with you, but move on. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I might be wrong. Tweet about how wrong I am. Tweet about how right I am please um but in this story the parents are dead so they're living with their grandpa who's this kind of kind storyteller type and how'd their parents die uh you don't know (laughs) you never learn okay how would you have liked them to die 
Uh, rhinoceros stampede, a la James yeah, and the Giant it. Peach. <laughs> dysentery for that's me. It. Dysentery for sure. They uh, just got flattened by a bunch of rhinoceri. Is that the plural? I'd buy it. Rhinoceri. By some rhinoceri. rhinoceri guys. Sure. <laughs> and uh, now they're dead. That's and they're still just man, Luke, printed really in the street. You started this off with a real bummer. But they it's not really a bummer because they've moved on. They live with their <laughs> cool grandpa now. And their grandpa's clinging to this uh, like union job in a dying industry. Let's say it's the film industry. Let's say he's a set dresser. Ugh, topical. And now all the movie productions are shutting down. Topical. Oh. Um, but you know, he's He's struggling to still work, even though he's like 75 years old, just so that he can pay to put Jordan and Jada in a better school a couple neighborhoods over. And one day, the twins are walking home from school, and they hear this loud, earth-ripping crack, which, Jacob, could you fully that one for us? That's it. That's what they hear. That's the sound that sends them into a panic. And they're they're walking home. They're close enough so that they can see their grandpa on the stoop where he waits for them every day to get home from school. Um, But they see him and he's like gesturing to them, run away, run away. Um, But they don't want to leave him on the other side of this chasm that's developing in the ground. Because what it looks like is that the whole neighborhood on this peninsula is going to break apart and Mm -hmm. float off to sea. So they make this decision, we're going to stick with Gramps. They jump over the crack in the ground, scurry over to where Gramps is at, and then the three of them stand on the stoop and look off at the mainland as as they drift away from it and it grows distant. Can I ask a question, Luke? Yeah. Is this going to be somewhat of a spiritual sequel to Up? Maybe in the sense that their home is is drifting away. And also in the sense that the beginning of this movie is incredibly depressing. <laughs> yeah. So I guess exactly. Okay. It's definitely Up 2. How, uh, how many balloons full stop? How many balloons would you like there to be in this pitch? Uh, up to and 99 including and 99 lift balloons, please. Okay. <laughs> I can work that in. Gotcha. So, for the first time, really, as they're drifting alone in their neighborhood, the kids have to, like, explore it. They had spent most of their lives going to this school in a nicer neighborhood, um, and they discover their neighborhood is a little bit, uh, run down, a little bit underfunded. They start going to school, for example, and like, they they still have chalkboards, no whiteboards. Um, there's a lot more homelessness. The playgrounds are kind of rusty. They see petty crime and such. And the twins go to their grandpa and they ask, yo, Gramps, what's the deal here? Why do we live in? this neighborhood why is it like this and being the great storyteller that he is he sits them down and he explains 
America's history of systematic racism. Oh, man. And how it pushed black families into neighborhoods like theirs, sealing them off from the rest of the world. That's heavy, man. Yeah. So the kids are like, ah, that's not cool. We don't like that at all. Um, and they, they do this Humans of New York type thing where they go around the neighborhood live streaming their neighbors' talents to beam them to the mainland and the rest of America to get them to care about their little community. So one one quick question. Yeah. Is everybody just kind of basically going about their daily lives as they're floating off into the sea? Because it seems like as they're going around this neighborhood, they're probably not going to be seeing an average day in the life of their neighborhood because they've just separated from the mainland. A huge disaster has occurred. Families have likely been separated. Um, yeah, so I, I think there was some initial panic. But right. As the days have gone on, people have just kind of made made do, you know. They're, sure, as we do. As you do. They have to do it because they don't really have another option. Sure. Um, so they're doing this Humans of New York thing, beaming the talents of the neighborhood to the mainland. And they, you just get like a bunch of little vignettes of other people in this black community. Like there's this kid named Ray who's dope at the piano. And they how's, show uh, him doing his thing. How's his vision? He is blind as a bat. <laughs> gotcha. Um, he, he's super good at the piano, you know, and then they, they use his talents to be like, could you imagine how much better he could have been had our schools in this neighborhood actually had funding for the arts and stuff like that? They show this lady who's an awesome cook. She makes killer jumbo, and they're like... Could you imagine how much better this could taste if we had fresh produce in our neighborhood? But uh, no one's willing to open a grocery store here because it's a more impoverished neighborhood and they don't think it would survive and thrive. And they go around, you know, there's a bunch of people like that. Maybe there's like a this inventor who's awesome at inventing, but they can't work on their inventions because they need to work 80 hours a week. Sure, and fixing probably... all the leaky plumbing because they never replaced the leaky pipes on the peninsula. Haven't gotten a, a fair shake when it comes to funding either, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. So... Probably have a lot of lead in there, too. Yeah. Um, but basically, the kids drum up some support from the mainland. They ask the government to save the island by bringing it back. Via 99 left balloons. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the government does that. And uh, then the twins get to go around doing the whole interview circuit on like late night TV and speaking up about institutionalized racism and housing segregation and all that good stuff. And the movie closes with the kids curled up on a sofa listening to the grandpa tell a story. And then Jacob sound effect. They hear an earth shattering crack outside. And they go to the window thinking, Oh no, it's happened again. We've once again drifted off to sea, but that's not the case. There's just a house next door being demolished. And (laughs) they look outside and it's this rich looking white family knocking down an old house and holding up blueprints for this like monstrosity of a giant new home 
And then uh, the grandpa turns to them and is like, kids, let me tell you about uh, this little thing we've got called gentrification. And then it fades out, and then the sequel to this movie is just all about gentrification. Wow. <laughs> sad, they, they turn directly into the camera and go, here we go again. And they kind of shrug their shoulders, and this sad trombone music plays. And then there's that like Looney Tunes thing that, you know. The, That's like, all, folks. That kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I got to say, Luke, it's a, a, a risky choice to start off a Pixar film as depressing and then also finish it off as uh, a dose of depressing reality. Yeah, usually you have an open-faced sandwich, not a not a closed sandwich of sadness. Yeah, right. well, we're, we're doing things a little bit different. You know? Apple it's may be times. about to buy Disney. Yeah. And then, uh, well, you know, they can change things up creatively. Yeah. I guess Tim so. Cook can do whatever he wants. Tim, Tim Apple has complete, yeah. He has complete control, and that's exactly the kind of movie that I think that Tim Apple would want to make. <laughs> All right, well. well yeah, I, t- I totally ship it. I'll ship it. It's a bummer, but I'll ship it. It's, yeah, but it's an important bummer. <laughs> it's a, it and, is an important bummer. You're uh, right. I, I'm sure that if you put enough sounds of the earth breaking up, you'll get the kids in their seats laughing. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I didn't want to end this movie on a sad note, but I also realized that if this were a reality if we had this neighborhood in america and it started to get the proper amount of funding it would be pretty unrealistic to just be like oh yeah everything's better now because it wouldn't be then ultimately housing prices would rise and people in this community that now has a bit more funding would be put out of homes so 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 would will this movie propose any solutions like some national rent control or perhaps some uh uh, the sequel will zoning rec- reg- regulations. There's an entire sequel dedicated to fixing the gentrification problem. Do you, you want to pitch that some sequel re- right reparations? now? Do you want to pitch that? One sequel? of you can pitch that sequel. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, in a maybe in a, a later episode we can pitch I that sequel. I need to sequel. do more research. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, be I did better too. That's informed. why I didn't go further. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, uh, as I said again. Bomber, harsh reality, but uh, a good pitch, and I'll ship it. All right. Jacob well all right um my film is set in South America our protagonist is a happy little tree in the Amazon rainforest Ooh. Wait. um yeah oh <laughs> yeah. no yeah yeah here's the thing this will be just as depressing won't it um sort of no you know what I'll I'll, I'll craft a happy ending for this one all right. Okay. Where are this trees? No, 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 Jacob, Jacob. Yes. Uh huh. You are T 
teetering currently. I mean, you've only said one sentence, but you are currently at a huge risk of falling into what I call the Fern Gully trap, which is like 90% of films that start this way end up having exactly the same plot. So I'm just tell me what that plot is so that I can avoid it. I haven't. I have. I shamefully have not seen Fern Gully. I have seen Avatar, which is basically the same movie. It's a really, really good one, and. Our give boy it, Robbie is in it. Give me the uh, give me the Reader's Digest version of Fern. Well, Gully. it's just Avatar. It's just Avatar. That's what it is. It's it's literally beat for beat. Just it's just Avatar. Okay. All right. I might have to make some some on the fly changes then. <laughs> um, so our happy little tree lives in the rainforest in the Amazon rainforest. Um, it's a it's a sapling at the beginning of the movie. It has lots of little animal friends that come along, and it. Uh, its animal friends will rest in its shade uh, during the day, during the night. Sometimes they'll come out and frolic. Um, but this is not, this is not, you know, you're, this is not a, a, I shouldn't say it's not a Bambi world because Bambi's not really that happy either. It's not your, <laughs> it's not your typical <laughs> Disney world where, you know, all the woodland am- animals are, are happy and play together because, there is a, a rich ecosystem in in my in my film, and so there are predators and there are prey. Um, so as we follow the life of this little tree, we get to see kind of the wonders of nature uh, around it, which includes you know every once in a while a jaguar might be a might be noshing on a pudu. I don't know if pudus live <laughs> in the Amazon, but you know these things happen. Uh, so this little sapling, as it grows, uh, it, it it gets to see. It, life going on around it uh all the joys and sadnesses of it um in my pixar film the tree's parents are alive they are standing happily nearby um in this forest uh and the the little sapling is sort of in the shade of of its of its loving caring parent trees um but they've uh, opened a little bit of the canopy so that it can get the light that it needs to grow up to be a, a healthy strong tree um, so the, the happy little tree, uh, it's, it has some, some plant friends that live nearby. There's a fern, uh, kind of at its base that it likes to chat with. It likes to, you know, talk about life, talk about what it's like to live in the, in the rainforest. There's a, a bromeliad, uh, is that, that fern near a gully? F- there are no gullies to be seen. Oof. Uh, yeah, it, it worry worry not. This is what exactly is a gully? Is a gully kind of like a, a like a canyon, like a little yeah? Bit I a, think it's like a little valley, a little valley, uh, a, the, maybe a tiny. It's gorge. a water worn ravine. And a water a water worn ravine. Uh, the the happy little tree and his parents live happily atop a hill. Not a gully to be seen in sight. <laughs> the hills just go on and on and on. No valleys between these hills. <laughs> Wow. No gullies. No gullies. That's a bit of a mind fuck. No <laughs> valleys between hills. Okay. I'm, I'm just, trying to visualize it's just, it. It's all one giant slope. It's a bit of like, it's kind of like a, a, a sound of, it's like an like a, one of those MC, is it MC Escher? Yeah. Those? Yeah. Or, the, uh, or like the sound of uh, one hand clapping or something like that. Or like that, a, you a know? Mobius strip type yeah. of situation going on. And it really that's is. Can like you hear that? Good, that's going to be good art though. Good art direction. Yeah. So, and as the, as the happy little tree grows taller, it starts to be able to see more and more of, of the world that surrounds it. And it is this kind of magical, mystical place. Um, trees, as far as the eye can see, they're animals that are doing their thing. As the tree 
grows a little bit taller. Uh, it's, it's animal friends become, you know, just little kind of little specks. Um, but it doesn't forget about its animal friends. There's a, there's a, uh, Again, I don't know if any of these animals live in the Amazon, but there's a happy little sloth that lives amongst the branches uh, that the happy little tree uh, uh, has a chat with every day. Uh, it's at first a little bit wary of this sloth that all it does is just kind of hang around. It's like, bro, you're a little bit clingy. Um, but the sloth is like, well, that's just uh, that's just <laughs> the clingy. way I live my life. You know, <laughs> I'm never in a hurry. Much in the same way that you're not in a hurry. You're never running around. You just stay in the same place and look this around. This guy kind of sounds like a slow version of Robert Wadlow. <laughs> he really does. Uh, whoever I get to play Robert Wadlow in my biopic, I'll have voice the sloth in in my film. Um, so as the happy little tree grows taller and taller, it... Uh, it eventually reaches the height of its parents and it is able to see all the way, you know, all the way around across and, and through this never ending hill, uh, not a gully in sight that it lives in. Um, and things, things seem to be all right. Uh, there, it makes friends with the family of birds. It sees, uh, it sees a, a pair of birds make a nest in his branches, uh, and it gives him a little bit of a thrill, uh, they lay eggs, and eventually those eggs hatch, and the little baby birds are his friends. But then they fly away, and it's a Aww. little bit—it's a little bit a—it's uh, a little sad. Uh, and as he grows older, it's—it—he starts to realize that uh, though he loves his life in the forest, he's—he's uh, he's kind of learning that everything is sort of temporary in this life in the forest. You know, he's always going to stay in the same place. Um, and life just kind of goes on, uh, it goes on without him. Then one day he hears a great crack. Luke, could you do some Foley work there? It's a little bit more windy. Than that was the really other nice. Crack. It's a windy day and off in the distance, he hears the, the sound of it. An industrial all, industrial chainsaw, which all, I all actually the trees kind of bend over as this crack happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just an unrelated dog that <laughs> is at the base of the tree that made that noise. Um, that was my Richard Nixon motorboat sound effect. <laughs> Keep that one in the chamber. That's I feel like that's going to be useful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my 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 pitch is all about Richard Nixon. <laughs> gotcha. The story that Pixar really should tell: the story of Richard <laughs> Watergate and or maybe just Spo- Richard Nixon's sorry, early spoilies. life. Spoilers. Tricky dicky. <laughs> Tricky dick. Um, but anyway, uh, from his lofty now lofty heights, uh, he sees that there's a disturbance uh, way off down the hill. Um, the, a bunch of birds fly away and they start flying towards him and he's like, Oh, my bird friends, they've come back to, they've come back to say hello to me. And, you know, I missed them when they were gone. Uh, that's, that's great. Is that yeah, the ending? That's the end. <laughs> what do you think guys? <laughs> I, I want it. a little bit more out of you, Jacob. I guess I can do a little bit more if you really want it. Um, so the bird friends approach and he's like, Oh, a visit from my friends. That strange noise must have reminded them of what it was like to grow up 
on me for some reason. Um, he had some growing pains, and they kind of sounded like a change. I'm, I'm not going to go any farther with that. Um, but they they get closer, and he's getting excited because his bird friends have come back. Um, but they just fly right past him. Um, huh. And he's like, now what in tarnation is going on here? Those birds were my friends. I thought that they would come say hello to me. Um, and as that same day goes on, more and more noise is coming from a lower part of this, this Mobius hill. And animals keep on running by and he keeps trying to ask them what's going on because these are his many of these animals were his friends nothing it was a never mind um many of those animals were his friends they <laughs> they but none I mean, of them sad. none of them want to stop to chat um yes this is the song that's going to be playing while all this is going on uh, if we can get the rights to it uh, speaking of rights, we might not want to play too many, too much of oh, this. Okay, yeah, <laughs> might be a copyright <laughs> issue. <laughs> not that. Why don't, you shut us down. Radar. Why don't you start playing on your keyboard while some something sad? <laughs> Would you please? I don't think I can do that. Like technical, like it's not a technical possibility right okay. now. All right, That's get fine. your guitar. That's fine. That's fine. Do no, some noodling. Some don't sad, worry about sad it. noodling. Just could both of you just like make some soft moaning, like wailing noises. <laughs> so that exactly what you heard right there is is hashtag mood uh, in the forest right now, because like everybody's really sad. Everybody's uh, everybody's not really sure what's going on. They're very they're afraid. Uh, yeah, listeners, Will is getting his guitar. Will's getting the old git box out. Yeah. Um. I'm just keep on going, Jake. Day, day. Yeah, I'm sorry. Day turns in. I'm just making making ideas in my brain hole. Um, day turns into night, and the sound continues. And as uh, night Luke falls, the sound. As <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing too hard to do it. <laughs> Dude, don't laugh. This is serious. How dare you? <laughs> not, not that sound. I wanted the no, no. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted soft, soft moaning and wailing. <laughs> so I mean, the, all the sounds are okay, happening. Right? Those are all happening. You're, you're right. This is a really good sound palette we're making here. But as night falls, uh, they notice something they've never seen before. Even though night is falling. Uh, farther down the hill, there's still light. And this is brand new to them. Um, so, the happy little tree is unable to sleep that night uh, because there's all this light, all this noise, moaning animals. Um, and he, he finally is able to to fall into a, a restless slumber. And the next morning when he awakes... Um, he finds that there is a uh, a little critter that is that is uh, curled up amongst his roots, and he recognizes this little critter as uh, an old friend of his. What type of animal should it be? Cockroach. A little cockroach <laughs> curled up. Yeah, you can make a really cute cockroach. Little Pixar cockroach. Can do it. Yeah, a little cockroach is curled up amongst his roots, and he 
he calls out to the cockroach and says, little cocky, little cocky, <laughs> whatever is wrong, before you're happy, like in a song. This whole movie's going to be in rhyme, by the way. Um, once you were... And then the cockroach replies, I go by little cock. <laughs> I go by little cock now. You know me no more. Uh, I used to be your cash cow, but now I'm a whore. <laughs> no, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Scratch all of that. Very on Pixar. Um, but he, he whispers to this cockroach, and he's like, what's going on, my friend? Uh, I haven't seen you around here for such a long time. I thought you said that you were moving with your, your family down the down the hill. I was, So many times I've wanted to say down the valley, but I'm not going to say that. Uh, and he said, yes, my, my friend, happy little tree, I did move down the hill with my family. But uh, yesterday there came crashing machines and strange animals wearing moss of many colors. And they began... Rhyme. The be- <laughs> I told you I was <laughs> scrapping, the, scrapping the rhymes. <laughs> It's just a very complicated rhyme too, scheme. Too now. much, too much work. Yeah, it's really, it's like kind of an A B C D E F B A C D sort of rhyme scheme. Um, but basically, the cockroach has, has told him about what's going on down in the valley, not in the valley, down the down gully. the down. Nope, nope. On on a different part of the hill. Yeah. And the crux of it is. Uh, you know, there are, there are humans moving in. They're they're up and chopping down the forest, and this is this is baffling to the happy little tree because he has known nothing but nature and and serenity, other than you know, peop, like creatures dying left and right and stuff. But he has <laughs> known nothing but nature in his life, and as far as he is known, the only time that trees are go down is is when they have lived their long lives and and return to the soil. Uh, and give birth to many fungus, fungi, and and become a habitat for creatures and that kind of thing. And it's all a very circle of life type of situation. But this artificial menace has been added to the mix. And this makes the happy little tree into a sad little tree. And it's not really little anymore, so it's just a sad tree. Um, and as the days go on, more and more of the, the forest is bulldozed and chopped down and it's uh getting closer and closer the the machines and the the invading humans are getting closer and closer more and more sick and dying animals are uh what's that noise more and more sick and dying animals are (laughs) nestling in in his in his roots um until it comes to the day when these machines come into view. It's only a few trees away. And uh, uh, a horde of beavers that have fled from far away make it to the base of the sad little tree. And the sad little tree has been talking with his mother and f- father tree about all this, all this sadness that's going on in the forest. And... The father is, of course, uh, he's, he is incredibly sad about this. He has seen many more years than the sad tree, um, and it has been such a joy to see the sad tree 
the happy little tree turn into a happy little adult, happy big tree. <laughs> it's not that complicated, but I'm having a hard time keeping track of it. Um, and ultimately, the father, the son, and the mother make a plan. The These trees are very big, you see. And the machines are getting closer. And the father says to the beavers, you must, you must chop me down. You must chop me down. We must wait until oh my God. they're very close. And then you must chop me down and I shall fall and roll down the hill and destroy these invaders and sacrifice oh, wow. myself so that my beautiful wife and son Dang. may continue to flourish. So are people going to die in this Pixar movie? Like, gruesomely? Uh, not gruesomely, but yeah, there's going to be mass casualties um, off screen. You know, there'll be a lot of screaming and squelching and that kind of thing, but uh, they won't see any blood. <laughs> they won't see any blood, so it can stay PG, or maybe maybe this will be the first PG-13 Pixar movie. Um, but the day arrives, uh, the machines and humans... Uh, are very close and the father says its goodbyes to its its wife and son his wife and son and tells the beavers to do what needs to be done and they chop him down and down he falls he falls on the on the bulldozer in the front and rolls comically down the hill taking out every last machine and every last person uh but leaving one alive one human alive to tell the story of what happens when you fuck with nature. So it's just another Pixar dead parent film, huh? The end. <laughs> just another dead parent It turned parent into film. that, but it's a happy ending, sort of. It's bittersweet. The love of the can father saves the forest. Can we get some Foley work for the, the rolling down the hill and crashing into the loggers? Yeah, this is going to take both of us, Luke, and you will. Okay. Okay, I'll do the the screams. I'll do the squelching. I'll I'll do the chainsaws getting yeah. run over. You Ready? gotta do the rolling log, will? Yeah. Oh yeah. May I Remember me. Oh no, my entrails. The end. That made it a lot more real. Thanks, guys. No, thank you, Will. It was the rolly, rolly, rolly that really brought it all together. That's the sound of a log rolling. As far as I know. So, Jacob, now we got this movie with dead parents. My movie with dead parents. Dead parents. Toy Story has a single mom. Uh-huh. I think Up has dead parents. Up has dead parents. Wally has no parents. Uh, Onward has a dead dad. The new one. Okay. Pretty sure the good dinosaur also has a dead dad. Finding Dory has a dead mom. Finding Nemo, also dead mom. Monsters, Inc., no parents to be seen. I uh, haven't seen Brave. Probably some dead no, parents. No, no, no. Well, parents are alive in that one, for sure. Um, A Bug's Life, which is the first one that I thought of that led me to believe that all Pixar movies were like this. Parents are alive. Uh, Cars, haven't seen it. So it's like 50-50, probably? It's a pretty high. I ratio. would say it's it's probably more than fifty percent. There's at least one dead parent. I'll con. I you know what? I will concede that point. 
Twitter poll, Twitter audience, you no longer have to tell me that I was right because I wasn't right. I was wrong. Well, Will our parents going to die man. in yours? <laughs> oh, is that the... Okay. Well, this is... Uh, wait, we're shipping Jacobs, right? It's up oh, to yeah. you. I'm shipping it. I'm shipping it. It had the best sound effects of any pitch we've ever done. It, had, it definitely, without question, had the most sound effects. That is indisputable. Uh, I think that that, that that definitely qualifies it for shipping. Sounds good. Please recommend your friends to listen to our podcast. We'd really love it. It would mean a lot if they give us a shot. It don't take a lot of thought to listen to our podcast. We're just talking. And sometimes there's songs. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do mine now. Hey, Will. Yeah. Can you make yours light? <laughs> Can I make mine light? Yeah. Okay. Like, All right. Like, yeah. Totally. Totally. <laughs> he might not be able to. He's probably meticulously planned out his pitch. That's beat true. Beat. That's true. I wouldn't want you to go too far off script. So do what you have to do. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so we have uh, we have uh, Mufasa, right? Because. They're all owned by Disney, right? You can do that. Okay. Um, so Mufasa's yeah. Mufasa's kind of staring up at the at the night sky, looking up looking up at the stars. Okay. And and can can I stop you real quick? Yeah. Timeline wise. Oh wait, hold on. Not <laughs> it's Simba. It's there, Simba. Gotcha. Yeah. That answers yeah, my yeah, question. Yeah. I got my is I he... got my names mixed up. I, I is apologize. Simba king at this point? Simba, no, Simba, well, now I'm trying to remember the Lion King. Well, it's uh, kind of there in the name. I think that he just can't wait to be king. Um, well, <sighs> there's already a Lion King, like 1.5. He's exiled. Out. This is during his period of exile. Can, um, I, can I ask you one more question very quickly? Yeah. Are you under the impression that the Lion King is a Pixar movie? Well, no, I'm saying that it's all owned by the same people, gotcha. so you can get you can get away with it. Gotcha, gotcha. Carry like, on. Legally speaking, all right. I'm gonna okay, pee. So you... oh, boy, I've already fucked this up. Okay, Simba. No, you haven't fucked anything up. Um, he's, Luke is he's leaving, look, but that's not because of you. He's in his period of exile. He's he's looking up at the stars, looking up at the night sky, right? Uh-huh. And that deep, booming, rich James Earl Jones voice comes down from the heavens simba and says simba remember who you are i am your father right that's what he says um word for word yeah and uh and then and then you know simba as he says in the movie is like (laughs) thanks dad and then um (laughs) There's this zoom up that like the like this is like pretty much shot for shot the Lion King, but then it suddenly zooms up um into the heavens. That never happens and, in the Lion King. And there's this crazy sort of like it like goes past the dome of the stars. Uh and there's like kind of that you know how like in Disney they like go they go through the clouds and then yes. suddenly there's like this they're just on the uh, push through the other side except instead of clouds it's through this like stars this somehow is incredibly cinematic so they're it's going incredibly like, incredibly cinematic i mean they're going you, like millions of light years a second there will not be like a, a dry eye in the house looking at these stunning visuals sure sure and suddenly it like pops up and there's this like kind of floating mufasa head oh. um and 
uh, and James Earl Jones is like kind of like uh, using his sort of like using these sort of auras that are kind of in the shape of paws to like kind of manipulate the stars and like make them twinkle. He's kind Uh of playing them like a instrument. He's doing some Um, serious astral projecting right now. And he's, yeah. And he's, and he's kind of, yeah, he's astral. I mean, he basically is because he's kind of trying to make the Milky way, the, the cosmos into a a sort of a, a projection of his, his corporeal face. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so he's doing that. Um, and then he kind of, he kind of clicks a star as one might click like the, the end button on a Skype session or something. (laughs) And then he like turns over and Bambi's mother is there too. Oh my God. And and he's like, ah, that, that was, that was a really great chat. And then, and then there's kind of like this happy kind of like extremely delightful kind of opening theme that kind of swells and it kind of goes through this like amazing sort of sort of heavenly celestial place and it just shows like all of the dead parents in every single pixar this is and, incredible and and i'm Disney movie. Right and then and then the title card comes in and it just says dead parents and it's and yeah there's like a randy newman song that kind of happens during this sure you know uh, ooh, should I try the Randy Newman song? Uh, please, yes, please definitely. do. They're just—it's kind of like, well, you died in the movie that you was in, <laughs> but now you're up in heaven and you got some work to do. It's dead parents. <laughs> Spot on. That's beautiful. That's basically I, how I Randy not, Newman sounds. I would sounds. not change a note or a word. <laughs> and then. And then, so the whole movie is basically just all the dead parents from all of these beloved movies. Um, they are kind of, they've, they've created a little society together. It's almost like a support group. Um, and they're just, they're, they've, they're helping each other reach out to their still alive children. Um, and things are, things are looking really good. Uh, but then there needs to be some conflict. <laughs> nah. Um, well, what if what if like uh, I guess there doesn't need to be some conflict. <laughs> maybe there's like kind of like a rift that like uh. uh let me let me let me lob something your way. Let me know yeah, what you yeah, think yeah. about it. So they're basically like in dead parent heaven, right? Uh huh. So it stands to reason that there's also a dead parent hell. Oh man! And so in that in that is. You know, we got the dead parents of all the baddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm struggling to come up with. Well, Scar's going to be in there. Is he a parent, though? Does it matter? Well, I don't <laughs> Did know. the dead parents just go to hell and <laughs> kick some ass? <laughs> okay, so how how about this? Um, was it? But then what happens if they win? They end up in Do hell. They, <laughs> they end up in like double hell if you die in hell. <laughs> All right, let's let's um, let Will tell the story. <laughs> all right, so you got you got James Woods, and he he is playing Hades. Um, uh, okay, and can we pick somebody else? Yeah, that guy sucks. That guy really Does sucks. He, suck? he really sucks. Okay, he just did Hercules in the in the original. Well, okay, but um, pick pick who you want. 
hold on a sec. All of the voice actors of the people in hell can just be like really shitty people. <laughs> Louis C.K. <laughs> is down there. Um, Tim Curry. How about we do Tim Curry? I would love is it. Is he problematic? He's he's not problematic. He does have he's like just, he's got very poor health right now. Yeah, kind of dying. Well, um, that'll probably make his voice even more evil sounding. How so, about Steph Curry? I think that Tim Curry like has kind of can't speak anymore, which is okay. incredibly sad. Yeah, it's got to be Steph. It's got to be Steph Curry. This is supposed he's got to be an uplifting right one. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, Steph Curry. Sure. He's playing Hades down there. <laughs> um, I don't know exactly how Steph Curry sounds, but he's kind of just like, <laughs> you gotta keep all of these <laughs> fucking bad parents from <laughs> from talking to their kids. <laughs> that is what he sounds like. That was really good. <laughs> and so and so he's he's hatched this plot with all of his little gargoyle minions to like um, seal the sort of Skype conduit between the dead parents and the kids on earth right um and so uh he he, the way this sort of manifests is like uh the the celest the beautiful celestial border that i described so vividly earlier yes um well luke was he like he like had brings this this flurry of gargoyles up uh to the border and he and they kind of like blow on it and they sort of like fog the glass over Ooh. yeah yeah okay. but they've, it's like kind of a noxious fog because they're evil gargoyles can we can we can we smash cut to earth and see what they're seeing what does this look like yeah. to, to like simba say yeah so simba simba looks up and simba's like what the fuck i can't see the stars anymore <laughs> and it like and then he like turns over to Nala and is like, Nala, you see this shit? I can't see I can't see the stars anymore. What the fuck? And Nala's Nala's like, I will be goddamned. This is unbelievably weird. Um and then like and then they like cut over to like um who else has a dead parent? Um Well, we went through a lot of them. Throw, yeah, yeah, but I immediately forgot all of them. Fair enough. Um, we got. I guess they go down to the sea. Ooh, this will be a good one because it's underwater. They go down to the sea, and uh, Nemo is down there, and he he turns to his his dad and is like, "Hey, pops, do you see this fucking shit? There's like, like I I, I literally can't I can't can't look up into this into the sky anymore. I I, I used to like go for strolls uh, up <laughs> in the." Uh, the surface of the water and i just can't see that that shit anymore it's just all it's all fogged up um and and so yeah there's just like this this kind of cut of all of the all of the disney and pixar get people a nice, being you get a nice compilation slash montage yeah. going there yeah so then i think i think this is going to be like the two kind of main characters are going to be simba and nemo and they're gonna hatch this plan uh, to sort of like get Nemo up into heaven. Uh, what using using sort of like a, you know how he's like he's so small, you know, and he's able he was able to get out of that that aquarium in his original movie. So like, so it stands to reason that he could worm his way up to heaven. Yeah, they find no a way to they, they find like this really small tube that makes it up to heaven, uh, and it's being guarded by. Um, I don't know, fucking 
uh, Eddie Murphy or something. <laughs> and so, is, is there a reason for this tube to exist? <laughs> well, it's just the tube to heaven. <laughs> okay. Yeah, idiot. No, Why is no, it so small? Though? No further questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh You're my right. god! So I don't need to ask. Um. So they 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 hatch this plan where like they have to like distract Eddie Murphy and and oh and and like Simba also has to go underwater for this plan. So he has to like devise a he has to kind of put a an underwater gear on like a lion shaped scuba suit on love it to do this this heist um but they pull off the heist and uh nemo gets up to heaven um and he uh figures out that there's like this this vent the special vent that he can slip in to like get rid of the fog and so with the help of um james earl jones he's he he figures out how to get through this vent and he he saves the day, um, but then it turns out that he can't actually come back into the real world, um, and so he pays the ultimate price. Nemo, I'm sorry, is is dead at the end wow. of this movie. But oh, no. but he uh, is like really really good. He like joins the support group and he learns how to like communicate even better. Um, like he. Uh, sort of becomes sort of the intercelestial like tech guru between the two worlds of the living and the dead and he's able to like drastically increase the fidelity and so the last scene is like um the last scene like simba is like looking up at the stars and like a fucking meteor just comes down and like smashes into the earth and it's in the shape of james earl jones i mean mufasa and he's like hey, son. <laughs> those are two very different shapes yeah. um and then just and then a rotund the, man and then that's the end of the movie well let me tell you what will i was really hoping that uh by the end of the movie you were gonna have found a way that the dead parents could like because of their their great deeds been returned to earth in their corporeal forms but instead you decided to just kill off nemo um but yeah. it, you know what it still worked it did work yeah uh, it was I, a it was a great idea i'd ship that and i ship it yeah thank you no resistance from me no, no wow resistance. this is probably the best this has gone in a few episodes for willie <laughs> i was top notch as as you always are will thank you well uh what are we doing next week well, what since we mentioned Fifty Shades, oh uh, yeah, maybe we should maybe we should do that next. Yeah, let's get let's get weird. With let's this get real. Part. Let's get real freaky with this. Mm. And reminder, it may it's probably not going to be next week. We might see the next epi drop in uh, like yeah. a few days. You never. Let's know. not overpromise here. But... No, we won't. We won't. <laughs> sure, true. We won't uh, yeah. write any checks that we can't cash. But, but I do. I do have a lot of time on my hands. We all do. <laughs> and just a just a warning. Even though many of you will be working from home still, um, it won't be safe for work. No, true. It's true. This will not be safe for work. So you'll have to find somewhere other than your home to listen to there this. There are going to be. Dirty words and dirty bits in the next one, which um, in spades is is different from our normal episodes. Very much so. So, guys, how do you think we did with the uh, the poop quota? I think we did well. Oh, I got 135 tweets. Uh huh. Um, every one of them says we nailed it. Nice. God, that is so good to hear. 
I was really worried about that ever since that first tweet storm. I, I was um, feeling very conscious of the that quota that we had to. Unless fill. you forgot, uh, you can tweet at us at pitch underscore hunt. Oh boy, I don't think we said that in our last episode. Yeah, we just forgot, but that's fine. Yeah, where can you where can you reach us on social? Is that pitch underscore hunt on all platforms? Yeah, I think all of them. And then uh, you can also email us. Yeah. At pitch, uh, you know, Will and Luke and Jacob at pitchhunt.org. Or info at pitchhunt.org. And or then info we'll all at get pitchhunt.org. It. Yeah, we'll yeah. all get it. Every last one of us. Or yeah, Mordecai at pitchhunt.org. Or Mordecai at pitchhunt.org. I don't think that's set up. <laughs> Wasn't wait? That's not our. That's not our fact checker's name. I think that's Chet. But Mar- he's yeah. working for no. them, so we don't remember his name. Mar- Mar- yeah. Marvin. Mervin. Marvin. Nah. Melvin. Melvin. Sorry, Melvin. It's just been so long since we've seen your face. Ever yeah. since you've been yeah. working from home. You're not Chet. You're not Chet. Chet's somebody Jeez. else entirely. <laughs> Chet's our old <laughs> fact checker guy that we had to fire. Uh, well. Uh... Guys, I think we nailed this episode, huh? <laughs> we love you. We love you. We sure do. We love you. Stay pitchy out there. Stay safe. Bye.